Good day and greetings to our friends from various parts around the world as we join together for our daily excursion, Advancing Through the Pages of Scripture. Today is October 4th, and this is the One Year Bible Tour Guide podcast, where we have the encouragement to stay on track, read aloud the daily portion from the One Year Bible, and point out clarifying highlights to help you make sense of it all. My name is David McAdam, pastor and Bible teacher here in Concord, Massachusetts, and it is my joy to serve as your tour guide. I started reading from the Bible 50 years ago, but my reading at first was quite piecemeal. It was beneficial to read the Gospels and then the New Testament epistles, but my reading from the Old Testament was more haphazard, highlighting promises and underscoring facts here and there. When I started to read through the entire Bible consistently, from Genesis to Revelation, my understanding grew exponentially, and to this day my wife and I continue to read through the Bible each year. We continue to receive spiritual nourishment, fresh encouragement, warning, counsel, and comfort from the Scriptures. This fortifies our daily experience as those who are being aided to know and to follow the Lord with the help of the Holy Spirit, whom Jesus said guides us into all the truth. We are in the book of Jeremiah in the Old Testament, and today we start the book of Colossians in the New Testament. I was encouraged when our granddaughter, Sila, spontaneously quoted by memory the entire first chapter of Paul's letter to the Colossians. What a great chapter to hide in your heart by committing to memory. It is one of the greatest statements of Christology, and we only get part of the way through it in our reading today. But we do learn that Jesus is God incarnate, the image of the invisible God, and that for good reason he is to have the preeminence in all things. So let's get started on today's leg of our Bible reading journey, starting with the Old Testament portion where we left off yesterday in Jeremiah chapter 2, beginning with verse 31, and we will read through to chapter 4, verse 18, and then we will give a brief explanation before moving on to the New Testament book of Colossians. Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 31, and I'm reading from the English Standard Version. And you, O generation, behold the word of the Lord. Have I been a wilderness to Israel, or a land of thick darkness? Why then do my people say, We are free, we will come no more to you? Can a virgin forget her ornaments, or a bride her attire? Yet my people have forgotten me, days without number. How well you direct your course to seek love, so that even to wicked women you have taught your ways. Also on your skirts is found the lifeblood of the guiltless poor. You did not find them breaking in. Yet in spite of all these things, you say, I am innocent. Surely his anger has turned from me. Behold, I will bring you to judgment for saying, I have not sinned. How much you go about changing your way. You shall be put to shame by Egypt as you were put to shame by Assyria. From it too you will come away with your hands on your head. For the Lord has rejected those in whom you trust, and you will not prosper by them. Chapter 3 If a man divorces his wife and she goes from him and becomes another man's wife, will he return to her? Would not that land be greatly polluted? You have played the whore with many lovers, and would you return to me? declares the Lord. Lift up your eyes to the bare heights and see, where have you not been ravished? By the waysides you have sat awaiting lovers like an Arab in the wilderness. You have polluted the land with your vile whoredom. Therefore the showers have been withheld, and the spring rain has not come. 
yet you have the forehead of a whore, you refuse to be ashamed. Have you not just now called to me, My father, you are the friend of my youth? Will he be angry forever? Will he be indignant to the end? Behold, you have spoken, but you have done all the evil that you could. The Lord said to me in the days of King Josiah, Have you seen what she did, that faithless one, Israel? How she went up on every high hill and under every green tree, and there played the whore? And I thought, After she has done all this, she will return to me. But she did not return, and her treacherous sister Judah saw it. She saw that, for all the adulteries of that faithless one Israel, I had sent her away with a decree of divorce. Yet her treacherous sister Judah did not fear, but she too went and played the whore. Because she took her whoredom lightly, she polluted the land, committing adultery with stone and tree. Yet for all this her treacherous sister Judah did not return to me with her whole heart, but in pretense, declares the Lord. And the Lord said to me, Faithless Israel has shown herself more righteous than treacherous Judah. Go and proclaim these words toward the north, and say, Return, faithless Israel, declares the Lord. I will not look on you in anger, for I am merciful, declares the Lord. I will not be angry forever. Only acknowledge your guilt, that you rebelled against the Lord your God, and scattered your favors among foreigners under every green tree, and that you have not obeyed my voice, declares the Lord. Return, O faithless children, declares the Lord, for I am your master. I will take you, one from a city and two from a family, and I will bring you to Zion. And I will give you shepherds after my own heart, who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. And when you have multiplied and been fruitful in the land, in those days, declares the Lord, they shall no more say, The Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. It shall not come to mind or be remembered or missed. It shall not be made again. At that time Jerusalem shall be called the throne of the Lord, and all nations shall gather to it, to the presence of the Lord in Jerusalem, and they shall no more stubbornly follow their own evil heart. In those days the house of Judah shall join the house of Israel, and together they shall come from the land of the north to the land that I gave your fathers for a heritage. I said, how I would set you among my sons and give you a pleasant land, a heritage most beautiful of all nations. And I thought you would call me my father and would not turn from following me. Surely, as a treacherous wife leaves her husband, so have you been treacherous to me, O house of Israel, declares the Lord. A voice on the bare heights is heard, the weeping and pleading of Israel's sons because they have perverted their way, they have forgotten the Lord their God. Return, O faithless sons, I will heal your faithlessness. Behold, we come to you, for you are the Lord our God. Truly the hills are a delusion, the orgies on the mountains. Truly in the Lord our God is the salvation of Israel. But from our youth the shameful thing has devoured all for which our fathers labored, their flocks and their herds, their sons and their daughters. Let us lie down in our shame, and let our dishonor cover us. For we have sinned against the Lord our God, we and our fathers, from our youth even to this day, and we have not obeyed the voice of the Lord our God. Chapter 4 If you return, O Israel, declares the Lord, to me you should return. 
If you remove your detestable things from my presence and do not waver, and if you swear, as the Lord lives, in truth, in justice, and in righteousness, then nations shall bless themselves in him, and in him shall they glory. For thus says the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, Break up your fallow ground, and sow not among thorns. Circumcise yourselves to the Lord. Remove the foreskin of your hearts, O men of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem, lest my wrath go forth like fire and burn with none to quench it because of the evil of your deeds. Declare in Judah and proclaim in Jerusalem and say, Blow the trumpet through the land, cry aloud and say, Assemble and let us go into the fortified cities. Raise a standard toward Zion, flee for safety, stay not, for I bring disaster from the north and great destruction. A lion has gone up from his thicket, a destroyer of nations has set out. He has gone out from his place to make your land a waste, your cities will be ruins without inhabitant. For this put on sackcloth, lament and wail, for the fierce anger of the Lord has not turned back from us. In that day, declares the Lord, courage shall fail both king and officials. The priests shall be appalled and the prophets astounded. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, surely you have utterly deceived this people and Jerusalem, saying, It shall be well with you, whereas the sword has reached their very life. At that time it will be said to this people and to Jerusalem, A hot wind from the bare heights in the desert toward the daughter of my people, not to winnow or cleanse, a wind too full for this comes for me. Now it is I who speak in judgment upon them. Behold, he comes up like clouds, his chariots like the whirlwind, his horses are swifter than eagles. Woe to us, for we are ruined. O Jerusalem, wash your heart from evil, that you may be saved. How long shall your wicked thoughts lodge within you? For a voice declares from Dan, and proclaims trouble from Mount Ephraim. Warn the nations that he is coming. Announce to Jerusalem, besiegers come from a distant land. They shout against the cities of Judah. Like keepers of a field are they against her all around, because she has rebelled against me, declares the Lord. Your ways and your deeds have brought this upon you. This is your doom, and it is bitter. It has reached your very heart. And this concludes our reading from today's portion from the Old Testament from the book of Jeremiah. Now let's take a few moments to reflect. We are continuing to read the prophetic messages that the Lord commanded Jeremiah to deliver to Israel and Judah. In Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 12, Go and proclaim these words toward the north and say, Return, faithless Israel, declares the Lord. I will not look upon you in anger, for I am gracious, declares the Lord. I will not be angry forever. The Lord offered mercy to the northern kingdom if they would repent. First, faithless Israel must acknowledge their guilt in verse 13. If they would do so, God would reward them by giving them faithful shepherds, that is, pastors. This is a good verse for Pastors' Appreciation Month. The people of the southern kingdom of Judah might have looked down upon faithless Israel, imagining that they themselves would never fall to such corruption as the northern kingdom of Israel. But Jeremiah had to proclaim that Judah was an unfaithful sister and more treacherous than the idol-worshipping northern kingdom. God has the future restored and united Israel in view when he says, At that time they will call Jerusalem the throne of the Lord, and all the nations will be gathered to it, 
to Jerusalem for the name of the Lord, nor will they walk any more after the stubbornness of their evil heart. In those days the house of Judah will walk with the house of Israel, and they will come together from the land of the north to the land that I gave your fathers as an inheritance. Jeremiah chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. This promise has yet to be fulfilled, but we wait for it, the kingdom of God. God graciously calls His people to repentance, saying, Return, in chapter 3, verse 11, verse 14, verse 22, and chapter 4, verse 1. Although Jeremiah is speaking specifically to Israel, in chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, and Judah, in chapter 4, verses 4 through 18, chapter 4 has a warning that is applicable for all believers. We need to keep a self-watch, break up the fallow ground, and commit our own hearts to the Lord, lest they become cold, dull, and unreceptive to the good seed of God's Word. In chapter 4, verses 3 through 4, Jeremiah bemoans the condition of Judah's priests and prophets. They are undiscerning of the imminent danger of their disobedience towards God. He sends out a warning and reminder that it is their own sin that has brought this judgment upon them. Your ways and your deeds have brought these things to you. This is your evil, how bitter, how it has touched your heart. Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 18. We move on now from the Old Testament reading from the book of Jeremiah to the New Testament, where we will start reading Paul's letter to the Colossians. Colossians chapter 1, beginning with verse 1, and we will read through to verse 20. We start with a greeting. Colossians 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel, which has come to you, as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing, as it also does among you, since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth, just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power, according to His glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by Him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through Him and for Him, and He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. And this concludes our reading from today's portion from the New Testament, from the first chapter of Paul's letter to the Colossians. In these four short chapters, we are presented with the Colossal Christ. 
Paul was aware of the grievous wolves, the false teachers that would prey upon the churches in Asia Minor, in Acts chapter 20, verse 29. Colossae and the churches in the Lycus Valley were being deceived by those that denied the deity of Christ and belittled his redemptive work on the cross. The mystery religions of the Gnostics, who claimed superior knowledge and superior mystical experiences, caused believers to look away from Christ or see him as an emanation from God or merely an enlightened one, one of many angelic mediators between God and men. Epaphras brought news to Paul of the genuine conversions that had taken place in Colossae as a result of their faith in the gospel that had been preached to them. Colossians chapter 1 verses 3 through 8. Paul's prayer request for the believers in Colossae is a good one for us to remember as we pray for our own churches. He asked God to fill them with the knowledge of His will and the ability to understand how to apply that knowledge in verse 9. He prays that this knowledge would be translated into fruitful ministry as they are mobilized to serve with endurance and patience in verses 10 and 11. Paul acknowledges that any fruitfulness on their part must be the result of their abiding in the Holy Spirit's power. He reminds them that nothing less than the power of God could rescue them from the dominion of darkness. Paul prays with thanksgiving. He expresses thanks six times in this letter. He mingles his thanksgiving with a sevenfold revelation of the person of Christ and a sevenfold declaration of the work he accomplished. The sevenfold revelation of the person of Christ begins in verse 13. Number one, he is the Son of God in verse 13. Number two, he is the Redeemer in verse 14. Number three, he is the visible representation of the invisible God in verse 15. Number four, he is the mighty creator of all things in verse 16. Number five, he is the eternal God in verse 16, also in Exodus chapter 3 verse 14. Number six, he is the sustainer of the universe in verse 17. Number seven, he is the head of the church in verse 18. Verses 15 through 20 describe the preeminence of Christ. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is also head of the body, the church, and he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him, and through him to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Through him, I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven. Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 20. The term firstborn refers to status. Jesus reigned supreme over all creation. King David was the lastborn in his family, yet he reigned over his family as the firstborn. Notice this reference to David in Psalm 89, verse 27. I also shall make him, that is David, referring to Psalm 89, verse 20, my firstborn, the highest of the kings of the earth. You can spot a cult when they refuse to give Christ the preeminence. Many recognize Christ as prominent, but not preeminent. As Christians, we recognize Jesus as God the Son, the second person of the Trinity. Jesus was a monotheist, yet he willingly received worship in Matthew chapter 28, verse 9. 
the Jewish religious leaders wanted to stone Jesus because he boldly claimed to be God in John's Gospel, chapter 10, verse 33. Jesus took to himself the Old Testament names of God and allowed others to refer to him as such. He took the titles of Lord, Savior, King, Shepherd, Creator, Healer, Forgiver of Sins, Giver of Life, Rock, Bread of Life, Light, Redeemer, Our Righteousness, Bridegroom, Husband. He took to himself the holy name of God, Yahweh, the Great I Am. In John chapter 8, verse 58, Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am. In John chapter 18, verse 4, So Jesus, knowing all the things that were coming upon him, went forth and said to them, That's in the Garden of Gethsemane, Who do you seek? They answered him, Jesus the Nazarene. He said to them, I am. And Judas also, who was betraying him, was standing with them. So when he said to them, I am, they drew back and fell to the ground. We will read more about the colossal Christ of the book of Colossians tomorrow. Now let's move on to our next stop in our Bible reading tour, to the book of Psalms, and we will be reading Psalm 76, verses 1 through 12. Who can stand before you? To the choir master with stringed instruments, a psalm of Asaph, a song. Psalm 76. In Judah, God is known. His name is great in Israel. His abode has been established in Salem, his dwelling place in Zion. There he broke the flashing arrows, the shield, the sword, and the weapons of war. Glorious are you, more majestic than the mountains full of prey. The stout-hearted were stripped of their spoil, they sank into sleep. All the men of war were unable to use their hands. At your rebuke, O God of Jacob, both rider and horse lay stunned. But you, you are to be feared. Who can stand before you when once your anger is roused? From the heaven you uttered judgment, the earth feared and was still, when God arose to establish judgment to save all the humble of the earth. Surely the wrath of man shall praise you, the remnant of wrath you will put on like a belt. Make your vows to the Lord your God and perform them. Let all around him bring gifts to him who is to be feared, who cuts off the spirit of princes, who is to be feared by the kings of the earth. This psalm is quite a contrast from the prophecies we read in Jeremiah about the spiritual adulteries of Israel and Judah. In this psalm, the writer declares that God is known in Judah and his name is great in Israel. In verse 1, the God of the Bible is not conjured up by human imagination. We learn that God is to be feared. He is every superlative imaginable, resplendent with light, more majestic than the mountains rich with game. He has the first and last word. Even the wrath of man will praise him. In Psalm 76, verse 10, For in his sovereignty what others may mean for evil, God will use for good. We read about that in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, and Romans chapter 8, verse 28. He rules over all. Now let's move on to our final stop in today's excursion in our Bible reading tour to the book of Proverbs, chapter 24, verses 21 and 22. My son, fear the Lord and the King, and do not join with those who do otherwise, for disaster will arise suddenly from them, and who knows the ruin that will come from them both. The New American Standard Bible and the English Standard Version translations vary. 
the New American Standard Bible emphasizes that we should not associate with those who are given to change. The English Standard Version emphasizes that we should not associate with those who neither fear God or fear the authority of civil government. The idea is that we should not get mixed up with those who are rebellious and unstable. It is one thing to be flexible. Life is full of change, and we must be ready to roll with the punches. However, there are those who are given to change, rather than given to the Lordship of Christ. They are governed by whim of the flesh, rather than the word of the Lord. Their calamity and ruin are inevitable. Steer clear of them. Let's pray together. O Lord, it is true. You have the whole world in your hands. You reign over all and are working out your redemptive purposes in ways that will bring you glory. We are grateful for the revelation of your Son, who is not just prominent in our faith, but preeminent. Through Him we can see you, know you, and draw near to you. Help us this day to bring glory to your name as we submit ourselves to the Holy Spirit, declaring and demonstrating your great love. In Jesus' name, Amen. I want to thank you for being with us today as we've been reading through the Bible, and I hope you're excited about reading the book of Colossians with us and continuing with the prophecies of Jeremiah. God willing, we'll be with you tomorrow. But if you have questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. You can write us at podcast at newlife.org. Or if you would like a written copy of our commentary on each day's Bible reading from the One Year Bible, you can subscribe to a free email at our website, newlife.org. So until the next time we meet, may you continually be being filled with the Holy Spirit speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart unto the Lord. Be encouraged, be strong, stay true. In Jesus' name, shalom.